and hey, how about that nutty Star Wars bar? Can you forget all the creatures in there? And hey, Darth Vader in that black and evil mask, did he scare you as much as he scared me? Star Wars! Welcome to the Square Peg Show for December 21st, 2015. I'm Jesse. I'm Brandon. Okay, so th- this whole episode is going to be nothing but Star Wars, nothing, so I'm going to go ahead and let Star you know Wars. that right now about The Force Awakens. Um, also, we're, we're, I'm going to go ahead and put out a disclaimer. We're not going to be talking about any the, the major, any, major spoilers. Any major spoilers. Nothing yeah. that is integral to the storyline. No. But we just want to talk about, you know, we went to see it. Brandon saw it twice. I saw it twice. I saw it opening night on Thursday at 7, yes. and then again the next night at I 7. I saw it the next night. Um, so we've been kind of dying to get back here and record an episode and talk about it a little bit. Yep, because it, um, uh, it is Monday. Yes. It is the 21st. Yes. And as it sits right now, Star Wars has already beat... Everything. Everything. Jurassic World. <laughs> it, it is now the, the top grossing movie. Like, Well, I think it still has to beat Avatar in, in the long run, which I yeah. really don't see it having a problem doing. <laughs> uh, as of about two hours ago yeah. uh, or so, it's sitting at $529 million worldwide. worldwide. 247 or two hundred forty-eight million Jesus. domestically. Jesus, and it hasn't even opened in China yet. <laughs> and China is a huge market. That's yeah, gonna just freaking make it blow. China is going to be all explode-y. over. It. Okay, so all right, let's talk, let's talk about a little bit about the movie now. Um, uh, well, here's here's another thing that we need to talk about real quick. Our next episode is uh, going to be our fiftieth, fifty whole episodes. Fiftieth uh, episode. episodes. Something like twenty just in this season. I yes. think. Um, so what we're going to end up doing is sitting down and doing an entire commentary on Return of the Jedi so that you guys can sync it up with the movie at home and listen to us talk shit and that's that's pretty much about it. Yeah, good times. Uh now after that we are going to be taking a break. We probably won't be back until about February or so. Yeah, we got we, we have some plans. Yeah, we, we got to work out the logistics. Yeah, we're, uh, we hopefully we got something pretty awesome coming next season. Hopefully, so yeah. with with that said, let's get on to some fucking Star Wars here because holy shit, this was a beautiful. This movie was amazing. If you yes. haven't seen it, go see it. Yes. But not. It wasn't just a good movie. It was a beautiful movie. It was very, very. Holy nice. shit! The it, lighting. The biggest the, thing that's jumped out to me was that everyone's on a set. All everyone of a is on a set. And it feels so different all yeah. of a sudden. Like there, there is one scene. This is not a spoiler. Yes. But the guy, uh, Oscar Isaac's character, Poe Dameron, mm-hmm. he gets captured. That was already in the trailers. Sure. When they l- unload him in like the landing bay. Of I, I guess it's the new First Order Star Destroyer. Yeah, you can tell he's there, and even the actor is like looking around, like, "Holy shit, this is awesome!" <laughs> there's so many practical effects. You can tell that there's some CG enhancement, sure. like with some of the more alien characters on their Absolutely. faces. And but the whole fucking thing isn't CGI. Yeah, at that point, it may as well just be Star yeah. Wars Rebels. The, the, these were actual. There were these were actual stormtroopers, not yes. clone troopers in Attack of the Clones, where there wasn't a single actual one there. It no. was all CG, yes. and it was fucking. And you could tell. Yes. Oh this, yeah, you could tell. This you could tell. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I know you were getting to it, but lighting, sets, acting, directing, um, the, all of the camera work was was awesome. The actors show emotion. They do. They actually they emote, show um, emotion. It's amazing. There's tone to this fucking movie. <laughs> I don't know what the hell George Lucas like. George Lucas had said that this is the movie the fans want to see. Well, no shit, it's the movie the fans want to see. Yes, that's who you make the fucking movie that's, for. Yes, I'm sorry, it doesn't fit to your galactic. Politics, fucking boring ass C-SPAN <laughs> mo- view on how movies should be. Star Wars C-SPAN. <laughs> 
That's amazing. I call for a vote of no confidence in Chancellor Valorum. No one cares. No one gives a shit about okay. fucking trade negotiations. So uh, I, I want to talk about BB-8 real quick. He yeah. Was, he was a very, very quick fan favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, he was... Awesome. Now, adorable. Now, yeah, super adorable. Now, we we have what you know. What I see is our kind of main character. Our co-main character is Ray. Now, mm-hmm. she obviously speaks droid. I've never seen and, this. And Wookie. And Wookie. Yeah. And, she, and she speaks Wookie. Um, but I've never I've never seen that as far as the films are concerned. Because I mean, has anyone uh, ever been like aside from C three PO? He's always had to translate. Hmm. Well, I don't know. Han can understand Chewie. Yes. And no one else really can. Yes. I think once you get towards the end of Return of the Jedi, I actually think we talked about that. Yeah. But I think Luke kind of got an idea of what R2-D2 was saying, but mm. there were a lot of times that he it was just coming out on the screen. Right. So that is kind of a first. So, it is. Yeah, that's, I never so that was, think about that. was kind of fun. Uh, but yeah, BB-8, awesome, awesome droid, and it's obviously all practical effects for him. Yep. It was an actual droid on screen, fan-fucking-tastic. Mm-hmm. They brought him out um, during like some of the press tours. He mm-hmm. rolled out on stage from the side, yes. and like, R2-D2 got a little annoyed. He's like, <laughs> what is this shit? I'm, I'm the cute one. This I'm the cute shit. one. Um, so then it, we had... It's cuteness done right that isn't a fucking Ewok. Yes. yes <laughs> and the little, even the little droid has emotions, and you can tell. He's, and he's funny. That was he, the other thing. And This is for, the funniest Star Wars movie. Yes. For, for a character who can't actually speak human words, mm-hmm. he's hilarious. Absolutely fucking hilarious. So, yeah, big fan of that. Now, let's, let's move on to our other main character, um, Finn. Finn. Yeah. Played by John Boyega, yes. great actor, and him and Daisy Ridley, they their lives are now made. Yeah, oh yeah, they forever. they had it for sure. Because Daisy Ridley just knocks this one out of the goddamn smoking. park, and God Finn, dang, she's smoking. Yeah, uh, I know, mm-hmm. I know. I looked at she's twenty three, <laughs> but now she's like a super popular international actress. I'm sorry, Natalie Portman, but you've been replaced at the top of my list. Oh my God, Jeez. Natalie Portman Those has now been big replaced. Words, Those sir. are very big words. Okay, so so we got Finn, who's uh, who was a stormtrooper in the first order. Mm-hmm. Uh, and has decided, fuck this, I'm right. out. And let's let's talk about because this isn't really explained in the movie, mm-hmm. so I'm not really spoiling anything. But it, it is in like the like the visual encyclopedia companion book that they mm-hmm. released for it. So you, there's three main factions. There's the New Republic, yes. which is what was rebuilt from the civilized worlds when the Empire fell. Mm-hmm. Then you have the Resistance, right. who is fighting against the First Order. Now, the First Order, a lot of people were like, well, is this the Empire? Right. What, what the hell is this? They're not the Empire. They're basically systems and generals from the Empire right. that kind of Banded ra- together, ra- ran yeah. off kind of like the Nazis whenever they ran to South America. Sure. They kind of vanished off and like kind of regrouped right. and Hail got Hydra. back together. Yeah, basically <laughs> like Hail Hydra. So – no, we we can't we can't escape Marvel. Marvel no. comes up every yeah. time, especially every now that it's Disney. Yep. And because of this movie, Disney, other than Jurassic World, has four of the top five spots of the top grossing movies of yes. all the damn time. Yeah. So man, Hail Hydra. Except for Gone with the Wind. But, uh. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh. But uh, so <laughs> that that's the dynamic. And then you have the Resistance, which is being led by General Leia Organa, mm-hmm. uh, who fights against the First Order. They're basically the militia of the New Republic, even though the New Republic actually has. A, the, it seems like the the New Republic has an army, but they're not going to directly come out against the First Order. Right. They just on the sly support the Resistance. That's is still the Rebel Alliance that's fighting the gotcha. First Order. So we got brand new X wings. Yeah, slightly um, redesigned X wings, yep. slightly redesigned uh, Star Destroyers. Yep. Um, the, no, I didn't see any A wings, B wings, Y wings. Yeah, I didn't really like see any, any other ship types. Um, but you know, they were always talking about the fleet of mm-hmm. uh, uh, the New Republic. 
Right, and yeah, that... so I'm I'm guessing all of that would be would be present there. So we got two more movies to, to worry about that. Oh, as yeah. far as the universe is concerned. Uh, so you know we have all all of our characters coming back. We have Leia, we have Han and Chewie, mm-hmm. we have R two and C three PO at some point. Um, so every, you know everyone's coming back. But this this movie obviously it really felt like just a passing the torch kind of a movie. Yeah, it, it was a passing of the torch, but also uh, additional world building. Yes, I mean, there, there is. They're uh, setting up a brand new trilogy. Yeah, they're that's set, setting up a brand new brand new trilogy. And a, a lot of people, uh, I've been complaining that like not enough was explained in this movie. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing: whenever, with, especially with our generation, the original trilogy, four, five, and six, like all of the no, there is another Skywalker, right. or I am your father. We like those things were we already knew about those things. Right. We didn't fully understand them whenever we sat down and watched them. But then we're like, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I've heard people say this all yes. the entire time. With the prequel trilogy. We already knew where it was going to go. Sure. We, we know that Obi-Wan is an old man watching over Luke on Tatooine. We know that Anakin becomes Darth Vader. Spoiler alert for anyone that's been under a rock for the last 30 years. Yes. But with this, everyone's like, no, what's going on? Well, this is how people felt in 1977. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and that, that's the thing. It's like, it's like everyone kind of wants it spoon-fed to them. But that – it kills the suspense about the oh, story yeah. and where it's going to go. And, and there is a lot of suspense in this yes. movie. And, and there's a lot of I, – I left the theater with a whole lot of questions. Oh, yeah. And that's, that's exactly the way I want it because I don't, I don't want to sit down and try and figure out what's going to happen in the future. I don't, I don't give a shit. I wanna, this is what, exactly why I didn't watch trailers or watch any media whatsoever. Right. I don't want to sit there and figure out, oh, well, obviously that's going to happen. I don't want that. Yeah. I want to sit down and enjoy this film and have it surprise the shit out of me. And this one absolutely did. Yeah. So and and the, you you are left with a whole lot of mysteries because what's uh, you know we're introduced to Supreme Leader Snoke mm-hmm. who is you know he's kind of over the First Order we don't know jack shit about nothing, him he's, nothing about him he's not the Emperor he like I don't know he, they just call him Supreme Leader the only thing I really know about him is that he's obviously training our main antagonist in the film Kylo Ren which would be Kylo Ren and who was really really good yes Kylo Ren yes. was such a good villain yes. Kylo Ren is everything that we wanted Anakin to be in episodes one, two, yeah. and three. I mean, he, he was... All right, I don't want to talk about who he actually is. I want, I want you guys to go to the theater if you haven't seen right. it and watch it. But if you've seen it, then you know what we're talking but about. But that, that Star Wars villain, the the, yeah. uh, the spiritual replacement for Vader, and yes. he's a total Vader fanboy. Yes, he is. But he's, he's kind of a snot-nosed punk, mm-hmm. and... That's that's kind of one of the things that it kind of rubbed me wrong at first, but then I realized we got two more movies. Yep. Because they're not going to make the same Darth Maul mistake that they did in the in the prequels, where you kill off the best right. goddamn character. So you know we're these, they're going to be building this character, which mm-hmm. is an awesome lesson learned. I'm so fucking glad that that's happening. But I you know I know that within two more movies he's not going to be that snot nosed punk kid anymore. Exactly. He's going to be fucking intimidating as shit. Exactly. And that's exactly what I'm because even one of the lines is. He ha- it's time for him to complete his training. Right. And that, so you know, mm-hmm. shit's about to go down. Yes. Now, and, I, I'm um, thinking the only, I mean, because we saw, we even saw Admiral Akbar at mm-hmm. some point. Um, you know who we did not see was Lando. Yeah, Lando wasn't in there. Lando, they, he, he has been brought into Star Wars Rebels a few times. Billy mm-hmm. D. Williams has done some cameos in that. I don't know what the reason was for this. Maybe they didn't really have a spot for him. Sure. Because, you know, maybe he's caught up in the shit that's going on in Star, in Star Wars Rebels, which actually I think bridges three and four. Mm-hmm. So you know maybe they'll bring him in whenever they kind of sure. do some more story reveals through that. Um, I can never remember the little guy's name that was with Lando in the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, um, I can't, I can't it, either. It's like Nia Noob or so, something like something that. Like He's that. there. He's, He's there, there yeah. too. Like there's so so many of these classic characters. That dude's awesome. And but but, <laughs> but it's not like hey we got this guy we got this guy yeah. we got this guy. It's you know Akbar is there. He's like 
our weapons can't go against defenses yeah. of that magnitude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so, it's not even like a big reveal. Like he's just yeah, there he's just doing there. his fucking he, Admiral he, Ackbar he's, thing. He's there with General Organa. Yeah. And whenever they're you know talking about a battle plan, he's just there, and yes. it, it works. It's just like the humor. The humor. While there is a lot of humor, mm-hmm. and there may be sometimes where the humor is a little bit out of place, yeah. they're not like ramming it down yeah, your throat they're not, they're not like Jar Jar style. Throat, yeah. Um, now this this is one of the things that I noticed uh, early on, and uh, again, and I, I've mentioned that this is kind of a passing the torch kind of a movie, but mm-hmm. the pacing is insanely fast. Very to start very with. fast, and it's like we have to set up a hundred things mm-hmm. to get to get us to where we can start this movie, right? So everything feels very coincidental, and I, it all just comes running together really fast. But you know, when when you look at it and you say you could either have all of these characters return as we're starting a brand new trilogy, or we could not have them return at all and start brand new characters and everything. And I would much prefer the way they did it, uh, and especially with. So you got to take that, you know, especially into the way the plot points work together. Yes, definitely. My main criticism of this, and mm-hmm. it's not anything with the story. I think the story is fine for what it's trying to do, and. Yes. You know, the, the material that they, that they have. It's a very J.J. Abrams thing. Yes. And that's that space is super, super tiny. Super teeny, yes. Like, they can see something happening on the surface of one planet happening on another planet that really they shouldn't be able to see right. un- unless they're within the same solar system and they're not supposed to be. Right. And whenever they go into hyperdrive, like, let's uh, say episode four. Whenever they hit hyperdrive, they're going from Tatooine to Alderaan. Yep. Then we have about 10 minutes, 10 to 15 minutes in the Millennium Falcon where Luke is training and they're talking yep. about the Force and how Han Solo doesn't believe in it and they're going you know, through all of it. Well, they infer that it takes even much, much longer because they're like – they're bored at that point. Let's play some hollow chess. Right. They're, play, you know, they're playing hollow chess. Let's dick with, around with, for a with while. With this, it's like hyperdrive, three, two, one, we're here. Yeah. It, so it's it's, yeah. it's it's an Abrams thing. He did the same thing in Star Trek yeah. Into Darkness yep. where they're around Kronos. They – Go into warp and the hyper hyper uh, light speed whatever yeah. looks exactly like warp speed sure. in Star Wars or Star Trek Into Darkness. Yes, uh, and then nope, oh, they're in they're around Earth. Yep. So it's, yeah, yeah. So Th- it's, that, that that's my only complaint is like, and that's with almost all space movies. Space is fucking huge. Yep. Give that a little bit of respect. Yep. And I mean, there's I mean, I'm not gonna get into fucking theoretical physics here, but you know, it's there's ways that people thought of to make that almost instantaneous but for a storyline for a movie like mm-hmm. it it feels it feels more real that there's some sort of limitation of that kind of right. a power and especially at like the the, the yeah like the the ass end of the movie right where it's like brip brip done <laughs> and I'm like no no yes no okay so um so looking forward because I, I don't want to get into the spoilers and i don't, I don't want to you know really reveal too much of the plot but right. And Look, don't want, we don't want a fan theory too much because right. it's probably going to be way freaking wrong. Yeah, And we'll probably do another episode on that next time. Yeah, probably. But, uh, <laughs> so just looking forward as to, as to where this, this new trilogy is going to begin, um, obviously George Lucas has his snarky comments about it, but right. I mean, is this going to be the new Star Wars trilogy for this generation? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think each one uh, with, with the original trilogy – you know, there wasn't really anything like it. This was like a space opera. Yes. And it has some of that camp action bits put in there. Some of it, you know, it's very 70s, 80s. Yep. Then you have the 90s where it's like, so oh, super fast paced action in your face. <laughs> oh my God. And that was just really, they did all the, it was like all style over substance. Mm-hmm. With this, I think they have a pretty good balance because while the pacing is fast, it keeps you engaged. Right. Like it, it but none of the, like scene transitions or anything are like super jarring right. not 
like in a fine example of like horrible fucking pacing in a movie is one movie that I always bitch about is Jupiter Ascending, yes. where they go with like this huge action-packed thing and then slam you with a 15-minute bureaucracy <laughs> like running gag that yes. just completely throws the brakes on the movie. With this, there's good action, there's good dialogue, there's good story building, yep. and it all just kind of every flips. every scene arcs. I mean, it, you know, yep. it climaxes, it comes back down, and then we go on to the next scene. And I know I climax. Yes. Um, now, here, here's another thing I wanted to mention real quick. Now, we, we obviously have J.J. Abrams directing this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we have different directors directing different, the next two. Uh, now, Different directors and writing teams. Yes. Now, that, that's what happened uh, with the original trilogy. And, you know, you can look back on the original trilogy and see that, you know, each one of them feels different. And mm-hmm. that's good. That's a good thing because we have three different directors. Um, now, the prequels happened and we all had one director. And, and no one know, to tell him no. And it all felt the same. So... What I, the thing I'm I'm getting to here is that you know J.J. Abrams did this one, and I've heard a lot of flack about J.J. Abrams lately. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically, people were worried about you know is he going to ruin my Star Wars kind of thing. Um, this, he this, did not. He, he did, did not, not. No, and I mean there there are some times where you're like this is obviously J.J. Abrams, mm-hmm. but this this is the thing that bugs me. People are like you know I say J.J. Abrams is someone, and they will come back and say lens flares. Yeah, and okay. even he said that in the first Star Trek, in Star Trek Nine, mm-hmm. or you know, Star Trek two thousand nine, he's like, yeah, okay, I kind of overdid yeah. it on that. But it I mean, it looked really cool. What happens though is that you know, people for some reason decide to reduce him down to just that. Mm-hmm. Like it's a joke. Yeah, it's, and it's, so it's, now it's, they're like, fuck J.J. Abrams, yeah. he's nothing because the internet told me that and, he, all he does is you know, lens that, That's a classic logical fallacy. It's like um, reducto ad absurdum, like reducing it to its yes. just, until it's ridiculous. Yes. And that's what they did, is, is they kind of pigeonhole, pigeonholed him with this. Yes. Uh, which, that happens all the time. It I mean, does, but I, what I, I'm, I'm saying on, is... Let's, let's, Star Wars fans ruin Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> that is absolutely the truth. But, you know, what I mean is now, now he's had this movie, he's done it very, very well. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't all lens flary, so you right. know, you know, I'm I'm all about this. So yeah, there, was our, ma- there was only one lens flare effect that I actually saw, yeah. and you actually see it in the trailer. You have Kylo Ren, and there's a big red streak going in front of his ship, mm-hmm. and there's, you get a little bit of a little bit of a lens flare. Yeah, yeah that's trust me. I with everything else going on in this movie, I did <laughs> not give a shit. All right, so let, let's talk about the directing team for the for episode eight. For episode eight, uh, the director is Ryan Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, he has done not a whole lot for film. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did a 90, 1996 movie called uh, Evil Demon Golf Ball from Hell. Fucking right. We're watching that. Yeah, it's a short, it's a short film. We watched that. Uh, <laughs> he did Brick in 2005. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2008, The Brothers Bloom. And 2012, Looper. Looper, and okay. That's, yeah. that's it. Yeah. And then for episode nine, we have um, oh, God. Tra- uh, Trevoro, yes. who did Jurassic World. And before that, I'd only really done safety not guaranteed. And that's so, all somehow. Right. That's, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so, so, like, re- really, J.J. Abrams is the only one of these three directors that yes. has, like, some chops Some going. chops behind him, yeah. But uh, with Ryan Johnson, he is also a writer, and he's mm-hmm. also going to be a writer on episode nine. Right. So they're doing the same, but different, yeah. but the same. But, I mean, and that's, that's not a terrible thing, because, I mean, how many of us have heard of Irving Kirshner at that point? Before Empire, you know what I mean? Right. So it's probably just going to be a fresh look. they got to get a, a big-name director for the first one to really kickstart everything. They get everyone back in the theaters to watch this shit. Oh, yeah. And then they, they're going to kind of play around a little bit and kind of stretch their wings and see now, what else the, they the got. Only, the only thing some that, kind of not-so-known directors. The only thing that concerns me is for Episode 7, the writers were um, uh, Lawrence Kasdan, mm-hmm. 
J.J. Abrams and uh, Michael Arndt. Arndt? A-R-N-D-T. How the fuck are you supposed to pronounce that? Arndt? Arndt? I don't know. With 8 and 9, all that has been revealed is it's just Ryan Johnson writing both of them, mm. doing the screenplay for both of them. And then he's directing episode 8, and Colin Trevorrow is doing episode 9. Mm. But then we have – it's like the the screenwriters, directors, and producers, there's like this weird overlap and kind of fade in and out of them. <laughs> so I, I have 100% confidence based yeah. off of what I saw in this movie that Disney's going to be like, that that was good. Yeah. You do that more. <laughs> do that more. All right. Well, that's about the time that we have for this episode. And uh, guys, seriously, if you haven't seen this fucking movie yet, do yourself a favor. Yeah. Go to the theater – it's gonna, and watch it now because everyone's just going to ruin it for you. Yeah. If, if you have, it hasn't been ruined yet, for God's sake, it's going to happen. Do not go to Kotaku.com, by the way. No. Oh, uh, yeah. you know, you know <laughs> I, I want to talk just real quick thing. Yes. I am not a fan of Kotaku. They yes. have some really sleazy-ass business practices. Yes, they do. So they were bitching and moaning how that people were posting Star Wars spoilers in their comments, mm-hmm. but they were just bitching and moaning that Bethesda isn't giving them review copies because they were leaking information. <laughs> like, pot, kettle, fucking Kotaku, Stephen Totillo, get your heads out of your ass. Yes. But, yeah, go see it. It's yeah. going to be in theaters for a while. It's yeah, pretty oh, much... Yeah. It's going to live there for yeah, yeah, quite it, some time. Yeah, it's pretty much uh, dominating all the IMAX screens. I don't yes. think there's an IMAX screen that isn't showing it, yeah. which caused some issues with uh, Tarantino, by the way. Because uh, Star Wars, uh, Disney was like, um, either we're showing, you're showing this instead of Hateful Eight, or we're pulling our contract with right. you. And Tarantino pulled the Tarantino. <laughs> but definitely go see it. Make, make sure it hits over a billion dollars. Yes. Like super soon before that, China does. Get that money. Beat in, the yes. commies. All right, guys. Well, we'll catch you next. Actually, yeah, we'll catch you next week for our fiftieth episode. 50th our episode. Big, huge, long Jedi commentary. Yep. And then we're gonna take a little break and, we'll and break revamp them. and recharge. We'll see you next year. All right, guys. Take it easy. Hey, guys. Just a quick reminder that if any of you would like to be on the show, suggest topics for the show, or just have questions or comments, please let us know at squarepegshow at gmail or on our website squarepegshow.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and subscribe to us on iTunes. So until next time, guys, be square.